Snap. Crack. Well, that sound was familiar, and at one time, I let people shoot over my head at targets. Camp Perry was an experience every competitive shooter should have. If nothing else, you don't cry like a baby when the bullets start to fly. The round was close to my head, and as it flew past, it created a supersonic distortion in the humid air. Since the boom of the muzzle blast followed right on the heels of the crack, the shooter must have been close. Too close. The time between the crack and boom could be almost a half second for a long-range shot. Besides, a long-range shot would have sounded different. The mixed hardwood and pine forest was thick along the seasonal creek, currently in the dry part of the season. So the shooter had either missed an easy shot or the round had been deflected by a branch. If that was the case, then where was the follow-up shot? I would have fired at least twice in the time it took me to gracelessly fall to the ground and start rolling to cover. The back on my back and my web gear made the cool maneuver look like a turtle mixed with a flea-bitten dog. It was definitely not pretty, but I ended up behind cover. At least the ground was soft there, even though it was parched dry. Diving onto limestone or granite rocks will leave you battered and bloody, but when someone is trying to punch holes in you, a few scrapes and bruises are minor issues. The pine needles and leaves over the loamy soil made it almost comfortable. Except somewhere out there, probably to the right near the edge of the dry creek, someone was trying to kill me. The last few months had proven that when someone tries to kill you, your best option is to kill them back. But something was off with this situation. Only one shot fired? I had decent cover, but I wasn't being stealthy and a blind person could tell where I had ended up. I was prone behind a decent-sized tree, a pine about two feet across. It wasn't perfect cover, but at least it would conceal me until I could roll or crawl to something better. Most rifle rounds would punch through my current pulpy companion, and even if the actual projectile missed me, the wood splinters that exploded from the exit would be hazardous. My unseen bushwhacker was still silent. I was breathing like I had been sprinting for the last ten minutes, the adrenaline causing my pulse to race and my respiration to go haywire. Even worse, I had no target. Heck, for all I knew, I had stepped on a tripwire that set off a rifle set to fire at a specific spot. That would be a good way to warn people of intruders if you were short on guards. I scanned the area around me. Nothing but trees, leaves, and pine needles. So... What now? Without any extra clues, my next option was to withdraw and try to go around the area. Some extra data would be helpful. I hated making decisions without the full picture. Hey, could you hold off on shooting me until we at least get to know each other? At least buy me dinner! I tried to sound sincere, but it came across as sarcastic and angry. The shooter might respond or just start plowing copper-jacketed replies through my peaceful, majestic tree. Who knew I would become a tree-hugger after the apocalypse? Why couldn't it be zombies? Shamblers, not runners. They would be hard to hit if they all rushed you, but shamblers you could just spike and dodge. Nope. We just had to fight normal humans who were always trying to kill you for no good reason. Well, in their defense, most were fighting to protect their own resources. Water, food, livestock, or simply land. Those weren't commodities traded on an open market, 
but paid for in blood.